This is an ABC podcast. Hello, friends. It's Ruby here, and you're listening to News Time. Hello, Ruby. On today's show, we're going to welcome some new babies into the world. Then we'll find out what's at the bottom of the sea with a little help from some sharks. Back on land, we'll meet a man who ran all the way across Australia. And we'll visit a little town helping the planet in a big way. Then it's time for the story that made us go... Wow! We call that one our Wow of the Week. What could it be? Shall we find out? Let's do it. Story number five. Who's a cutie patootie? Yes, you are. You are, aren't you? With your little, little toes and your little, little nose. How cute are babies? They're cute and cuddly, but sometimes they can break your toy and you can't leave tiny toys around or babies could swallow it. Good point. It's been a tough time for lots of families with new babies over the past couple of years. When COVID-19 started, visitors weren't allowed into hospitals and sometimes parents and brothers and sisters couldn't see each other. Now that the rules have eased, people are coming together again and First Nations families are holding smoking ceremonies to welcome new babies. Where everyone makes campfires. They burn sticks, leaves, and someone says a speech. There are a few different ways that smoking ceremonies can happen. It depends on who's in charge and which country the ceremony's happening on. Sometimes a dish of burning leaves and bark will be carried through a group of people, or guests might gather around a specially created fire on the ground. Often, the smoke that's created in a smoking ceremony is used to make a space feel clear and send bad spirits away, or to protect the people that are there and give them strength. They welcome new people and remember the elders? Yeah. In Ballarat, in Victoria, Wadarung people and other Aboriginal nations gathered to welcome newborn babies to country with a smoking ceremony. Indigenous babies born since 2019 and their families were all invited. Welcome, babies. Story number four. What is attached to that shark's fin? A camera of some sort. Mm Mm-hmm. That must be one of the famous tiger sharks filming the bottom of the sea. Scientists recently attached cameras to the dorsal fins of seven tiger sharks. That's amazing. They did it because they knew the sharks would be able to swim to an area that humans have struggled to reach because it's so deep. As the sharks swam deeper and deeper, the cameras recorded images of something amazing. Coral, seaweed, fish and a lot of sea animals. You're close. The cameras recorded loads of bright green seagrass on the ocean floor. Scientists examined the pictures and they reckon it could be the biggest seagrass meadow in the world. This seagrass stretches across at least 66,000 square kilometres. 
That's about four times the size of Brisbane in Queensland. Wow. The meadow is near the Bahamas, which is an island nation in the North Atlantic Ocean. This discovery is very important. Do you know why? Because it's fish's homes. That's right. And it's also important because seagrass absorbs greenhouse gases, and that helps stop the planet from warming up too fast. Scientists are hoping that discovering the seagrass meadows will help people realise how important it is to protect them long into the future. Story number three. Oh, that was quite a run. How do you feel when you run a long way? I get all puffed and tired. I sometimes get stitches and I just have to collapse. Oh, I know that feeling. Ned Brockman does too. Ned is a runner who recently finished running from Perth in Western Australia all the way to Sydney in New South Wales. That is 4,000 kilometres. If you were driving in a car non-stop, it would take two days and two nights. It took Ned 46 days and 12 hours to make the journey, and he ran the whole way. That might seem like a long time, but it's actually really fast for a runner. It's very impressive, and I think he would have to do a lot of training for it. I think you're right. Ned also had to make sure he had lots of energy from food and drinks. So what do you think he ate? Drank a lot of coffee, carrots and milk, trail mix and vegetables and a bit of fruit. Would you believe it? Ned ate lots and lots of lollies and pies. Yum. Ned decided to do the run so that he could raise money for charity. He especially wanted to help people experiencing homelessness. So far, Ned has raised more than $2 million to help homeless people. You're a legend, Ned. You're not the only one who thinks Ned's a legend. When Ned made it to Sydney, thousands of people showed up to cheer him on. He would be very tired at the end. Definitely. Ned plans to rest and recover for a while, and then he'll decide what his next big adventure will be. Story number two. Tell me, do you know where power comes from? Air, wind, water, sun. Uh Uh-huh. You're talking about renewable energy. There's a country town in northeast Victoria called Yakandanda, or Yak for short, and soon it'll be fully powered by renewable energy. That means the power will come from a source that never runs out, like the sun or wind or water. Right now, most people in Australia rely on power from fossil fuels. That's things like coal and gas and oil that's taken out of the ground. Renewable energy is much better for the planet. Because it's just using the nature's resources and petrol that's off all this steam and makes water and air polluted. Exactly. Fossil fuels can be bad for the environment because when they're burnt, they pollute the air. Yuck! 
There's a group in Yak called TRY, T-R-Y. That stands for Totally Renewable Yakandanda. They've been working super hard to power the town with renewables. About 600 buildings have solar on their roofs. That means they're getting their power from the sun. And the whole of Yak is on track to be completely powered by renewable energy in just two years. Yak wants to set an example for the rest of Australia and the rest of the world. Good on you, Yak. And look at that. It's that time already. Wow of the week. This story made me go wow because it's funny and it's cool and interesting. When we hear music that's really catchy, we just can't help having a boogie. I sing and dance. (laughs) And it's not just humans who like to do it. Scientists have found out that rats also like to bop along to beats. They're gross and they eat your food. Aw, poor rats. Maybe you'll like them a little bit more when you hear this. Researchers from the University of Tokyo in Japan played music for 10 rats and fitted them with devices that measured the movement of their heads. The rats listened to songs by Mozart and the song Born This Way by Lady Gaga and Another One Bites the Dust by Queen, Beat It by Michael Jackson and Sugar by Maroon 5. And when they did, the rats bopped their heads along with the music. I bopped my head too. (laughs) Bop, 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 bop. The scientists are very excited by this discovery because they used to think that only humans responded this way to music. Now they want to study other ways that music affects the brains of animals, like whether it makes them happy or sad or feel good or bad. They'll use that information to understand more about how brains work and especially what parts of the brain humans use to create art and music. And that is the end of today's show, my friends. Thank you, Ruby. Don't forget you can find the Newstime quiz in the show notes. And next week, keep your ears peeled for an episode celebrating International Day of People with Disability. It's going to be hosted by reporter extraordinaire and Paralympian Liz Wright. Wow. I'll catch you again soon. Bye. See you later. Or, as they say in Czech, ahoy. Newstime is an ABC Kids Listen podcast. For other awesome podcasts to play, music to move to and stories and soundtracks for sleep, download the ABC Kids Listen app. It's free from your app store.